what's it costing you now? Because everything has a cost. And the best investment that you can ever make is with yourself. What does success look like? This whole year has been that question, right? What is success to me? And what I recently realized is for people that struggle to feel like they're worthy of investing in themselves, I would say focus on the people that you're going to better because of this. If you can't do it for yourself and do it for the people that need you to be better. I want to succeed and I want my business or team to succeed, but it's costing me my family life or it's costing me my health. You are good enough. You are good enough just by being born. When a baby is born, they don't come out proving themselves to be worthy of love. They just are. Welcome to the Powerfully On Purpose podcast, a podcast for the young and inspired to come and learn from some of the most elevated entrepreneurs in their industry, to hear what they've done to step into a life powerfully on purpose. I'm your host, Maggie Tilly, a former uninspired workaholic who left her nine to five at the age of 22 to step into educating and supporting ambitious business owners and leaders on how to embody their power, cultivate confidence, and elevate into a life of impact and choice. Each week, I'll be introducing you to some insane guests who will share their story of what it took for them to start living their life powerfully on purpose. Here at the Powerfully On Purpose community, we are devoted to educating and supporting you while you take the next steps towards the life you've always dreamt of. I can tell that you're committed to your growth and your vision by simply being here. So I'm not going to let you sit around any longer. Let's get into this episode, hey? Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. Today I have the founder of the Beyond Purpose Therapy. She has a counselling business which focuses on supporting clients of all ages with their emotional well-being, but she has really excelled in the area of child and adolescent mental health. She also has stepped into the corporate world where she serves clinical leaders and has mentored numerous professionals, high-level executives and CEOs helping them to optimize their work performance. Her main focus at the moment is supporting professionals to maximize their performance while also equally reaching their life purpose. My favorite thing about Pam, though, is her willingness to go in on the life that she wants, to show up as her authentic self and just to be a ray of sunshine every time we have a conversation. Obviously, you can see if you're watching a video that she has bright colors on it's an optimal thing and I uh, it just brings me so much joy to even just be in her presence so I'm really excited to have this conversation so let me welcome Pam Espen oh Hello, thank Pam. you you're making me blush now <laughs> <laughs> I so always fun. love giving such a warm welcome because I am super grateful for anyone who gets to jump on here and have a conversation so yeah huge thank you to you really excited to dive in and I would love to just jump straight in and ask a little bit about your story and some pivotal moments that maybe have led you to down the path that you currently have which is assisting within the corporate world but also people with their mindset and mental health what actually led you there? Hmm, Very good question so I, I guess if we rewind back to eight years ago um, actually nine years ago now I was completing my degree at university and the final thing that I needed to do was do my work placement. 
at the time before this, I was terrified of hospitals, couldn't walk in them, just did not like anything about them. And up until then, I, you know, got through life without going into a hospital (laughs) until my work placement teacher said, look, Pam, I'm sending you to a mental health hospital. Um, You're going to be there for six months. And this is the last basically thing you've got to do for your your degree and and at the time I was like oh yeah no I actually don't do well with hospitals so send me wherever else I can go and I'll I'll go there don't care how far it is (laughs) and she said nope you're doing this otherwise you don't graduate so in that moment it was a matter of decision I had to make a decision based on what I had you know, imagine my life to be, and that was to be of service. So I went in, did six months in the mental health hospital, absolutely loved it, fell in love with it, fell in love with the work, fell in love with my calling. I realised then that that was my calling, that was my purpose. Um, You know, I was 24 at the time and I was filled with passion. I was filled with drive. I just wanted to give it all, everything that I had. And I did that, you know, I did that for many years until it got to a point where I I was 27. I got to the GP and um, I said to her, look, I've been gaining weight. I've been fatigued. I'm really tired. I'm not really sure what's going on with me. I'm exercising at the gym. I eat healthy. Um, you know, I, I just couldn't understand why I kept gaining the weight, why I was just exhausted all the time, why my relationships were, you know, difficult and why I felt so snappy all the time. Basically, she said to me, okay, we need to go and do a, a blood test and, um blood test results came back she was like Pam you're borderline diabetic sounds like you're burned out to me um and I I feel like those words still echo in my ears Mm -hmm. um because a I was ashamed I was like I'm a mental health therapist how can I be burnt out like that just doesn't sound right and secondly I have family history of diabetes so that was like an, the ultimate shock, like the ultimate, you know, push that I had to hear. And, and then I realized, and I stopped, Maggie, and I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm giving my career everything I have, everything, because it, it, it is my passion. But at the time I thought that in order to succeed, I had to give it everything I had. Mm. And yes, uh, by the age of 27, I got nominated for Employee of the Year for New South Wales hospitals, uh, New South Wales Health District. And, you know, people at the time, they couldn't believe it. Like, how can someone so young achieve something that people that have been in the field for 20 years beforehand hadn't? But nobody knew. Nobody knew what I was struggling with, and that was burnout. Mm. And at that point, that's when I realised, you know what, if I'm going through burnout and I'm in the mental health sector, How many other people are going through burnout? How many people are suffering in silence? How many people can I help overcome burnout? 
because I was living it. So that's when really, that's when the journey began. Uh, at the time, I didn't know what where I was going to go. Um, I was still working as an employee for New South Wales Health. But I just knew, like, I knew there was something within the struggle. I knew that the reason why I was going through a hard time was because I was going to reach another level. Mm. And at the time, I attended my absolute favourite Tony Robbins event, UPW. This is 2019, and I remember, like, just looking for answers, looking for answers when I went to that event, and I got them. At that event, I realized, you know what, I need to open up my own business. I need to be of service to the people that I personally know what they're going through. And at that event is when I came up with my business name, which is Beyond Purpose Therapy. And the meaning behind Beyond Purpose Therapy is I, I am driven and passionate about helping people find their purpose and go, go towards it without limitations. You know, I think once we find our life purpose, everything aligns. Everything comes together. But we've got to make that decision. And sometimes it's not easy for people. Sometimes it's not easy for them to know what it is that it's their purpose. So I wanted to be that guide. I wanted to be that person that can help them. And, yeah, sorry, I think I went on a bit of a tangent, but I loved (laughs) all of that. Yeah, that was beautiful. I loved all of that so much. And I another reason why I'm excited about this conversation is because I'm so much about people creating a purpose and really looking for what they want in their life and I'm curious to know from your perspective if someone was to come to you and just ask for some advice on how they go about starting to find their purpose someone who's been really lost in the past or maybe hasn't had any idea about what that would mean for them what would be the first few things that you would point them in the direction of or advice you might give or tips on how someone can go about finding their purpose Look, I think it's it's a whole it's a holistic lens, right? So we need to look at it holistically. What that holistic means is like understanding that a person is different layers. And the number one thing that I know that can sometimes cloud our vision is when our mental health is not doing very well. When our physical health is not doing very well. So for anyone that is feeling lost right now, the number one thing I would say is to go back to the basics. And this is why I'm very passionate about the four pillars that I teach because it comes back to getting enough sleep, looking after your nutrition, going and exercising and getting some sunlight. I've been teaching, you know, CEOs, leaders, employees, the four pillars for many years now and it still surprises me how many neglect the four basic principles of health so I always get them to first look at that Mm -hmm. secondly I get them to do a blood test because had I not done a blood test back then I wouldn't have realized how how poor my internal health was 
you know, because that's all happening inside. Like I thought I was doing perfectly fine on the outside. So that's the second thing that all of my clients um, that come and see me, I recommend them to get back to their basics, get a blood test, check your internal health. So those will be the first two things when we start. And then when it comes to your purpose, once you have a bit of clarity around your mental state, then you can start to realize, okay, what drives me? What puts a smile on my face? What really lights my heart on fire? And I would suggest to quiet the noise around you. Don't worry about what Tom or Mary is doing. Don't worry about what society thinks your purpose should be. Success looks different for everybody. And the sooner that you let go of the idea that in order for you to, to be successful, it has to be what the ideal success is, the sooner that you're going to allow yourself to reach your purpose. Mm -hmm. So those will probably be the three tips that I would start with. I love that, especially around going back to basics and just getting the sleep, the nutrition, the um movement I think it was in sunlight like the those four things is it we overcomplicate things as humans we think there's like this big grand thing we have to do but sometimes it really is just as simple as coming back to the basic needs of a human and starting from there and if you can get the basics and the foundations right then you set yourself up really which mm -hmm. is essentially what you've just said and I love that you also go through the holistic approach and it's not just the mind like the mental aspect you're you're recognizing that there is a human body at play and that their blood work will help with that in recognizing the mental aspect which is um really interesting because I had a holistic naturopath leading naturopath on here a few weeks ago and she was very much the same in the sense that she mentioned the the body the mind and the spirit and having all of that intertwined so I'm assuming that that's very similar to what you're saying in terms of the holistic approach it's not just one aspect of it there is a whole body at play the mind the body and the, the spirit yeah absolutely and you know what I'm I'm also very heart-centered so what that means is sometimes we get too caught up in what the mind is saying Sometimes when we're so busy with life, our mind and our body disconnect, right? Which I see it all the time. I see people being so disconnected from their body to the point where they're not even breathing properly, mm. right? Um, so that's that's one thing. But also coming back to your heart, coming back to what is my heart telling me? What does my heart need from me? And sometimes it's just it's just a matter of placing your hand over your heart and just listening to the beat, listening to the fact that your purpose is to be here today. That's why you're still with us. That's beautiful. Wow. I um it's really refreshing to hear as well in a world where it is so fast paced and it's so results driven and result based around whether it's purpose business career relationships income whatever it might be that that reminder to just come back to now and you know there's always going to be a goal there's always going to be something more that you're searching for but what is it that you're needing right now so yeah that was really beautiful Pam 
I um you also touched on success and you mentioned that success looks differently to everyone and I'm just curious what success looks like to you at the moment because I know it can also be evolving but for you what does success look like you know I I I guess this whole year has been that question right what is success to me and what I've recently realized is that success to me now is having flexibility in my life success to me now is the less out the less hours of work that I can do and still serve at a bigger dimension that's success mm-hmm. to me as long as I can look after my health and I can prioritize my health and not worry about the financial means that to me tells me an average success you know and and yeah, and look at it, and it's been a road, right? Like it's been, I've gone from working full-time, starting full-time and doing another part-time course on the side um, to now actually valuing working three or two or three days a week and, you know, being able to, rather than do just one-on-one, reaching people at a, at a one-to-many level. Mm. Right, so that's where my next goal is to help more people within the time frame that I can help one person. Yeah. So, what's your vision for that? Then, what does that get to look like? So, I, I it's actually launching tomorrow. <laughs> How exciting! <laughs> yeah. So, I've um, I've realized that I'm very solution focused, right? And sometimes they, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes uh, it can be a little bit unexpected. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I've, again, I've come back to my purpose and I've asked myself, what are my strengths? What am I really good at? And rather than trying to dip my toes in everything, why don't I just focus on what my gift is, what my God gift is? And that has recently been for me to realize that I want to help people with autism. I want to help people that struggle with social anxiety, people that really struggle with social skills. So my purpose now is going to be to help as many people to develop social skills. Because sometimes, because right now we're living in such a pandemic of people not knowing how to have a conversation, people not knowing how to be a part of a social setting. And it breaks my heart because there's so much need, yet there's not enough attention and focus on these areas. Mm. So once again, I decided to take matters into my own hands and I was like, you know what, there's a need and I'm going to feel it. (laughs) That's amazing. That, um, already so busy as well and I love that no matter the things that you have on your plate as long as you're following what you what your purpose is right now you'll find the space and you'll have the energy and it's really amazing to see you going and doing the things that you're doing and this excites me because I know personally like I know a few personal people in my life that would really benefit from your kind of work so I'm definitely cheering you on and I'm excited for tomorrow's launch that's for sure yeah thank you 
I um I'd love to navigate over to the corporate side of your business and how you've been able to get into businesses and help professionals and high level executives and CEOs. When you're working with this level of uh, client, what are some of the main um, experiences that you're finding that they're struggling with that the day-to-day person may actually resonate with? Mm, Good question. Look, I think when, I think, I think the gift has been that I've been doing it for for a few years now, before the pandemic and after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So what I realized before was there was a common theme around, for example, like people in high leadership roles, there was the, there was the pull, the conflict between I want to succeed and I want my business or team to succeed, but it's costing me my family life or it's costing me my health. Mm. So a lot of people, I felt that they were in this this crossroad between, you know, my career or my family, my career or my health. Mm. And it's about working with them, you know, how how can you integrate it? How can you have both? Why do you have to choose? And after the pandemic, what I realized the theme was a lot of people got to, for once in their life, pause. They got to pause and actually live a slower paced life, which I honestly, I know this is just my opinion, but I also, but I think that it was a God gift that we had to, you know, we had to slow down worldwide. You know, the environment got to recuperate. We got to recuperate, you know. And then this is not at a financial level. People got to recuperate at a health level. Mm. Yeah. So the theme afterwards has been about people now realising that their career and giving everything to their career is not everything in life. A lot of people have gone into identity crisis. A lot of people who thought that they had to be successful to be loved are now lost because they don't know what their identity is. Mm. And I think my message to anyone that's listening today is you're good enough just by being alive. Amen. Mm. So a lot of people burn themselves out because they're trying to, they're trying to, I guess, overcome this thought that they're not enough. Yeah. But mm. again, coming back to the heart and remembering that you are good enough. You are good enough just by being born. When a baby is born, they don't come out proving themselves to be worthy of love, of their mother's love. They are. They just are. Wow. I think that'll land for a lot of people. Landed for me, that's for sure. Like I've definitely been in that cycle, especially during the time that you're talking about where, you know, either you lose a job or whatever you're doing prior to the pandemic was no longer available and you go, who am I? What like, what am I doing with my life? What, Where's the success coming from if I don't have a job or I'm not studying or I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that? And you're right, it was a huge theme and, that's something that I think most people on some level 
experienced maybe not to the extreme levels of others but I think it's something that we can all relate on is that as tough as those times were in terms of finances and a lot of other things and people that unfortunately lost their lives during that like on the other spectrum of it it's it was a gift it truly was a gift for us to be able to have that moment to slow down and to recognize what's truly important if you think and I, I see life speeding up again now actually and it's you know it's been a few years and people are getting back into the hustle and wanting to build back up and get back on top of the top of everything and I see it happening again where we were disconnected from what we learned during that period where we were having to be more still and we're having to you know find those moments of going inwards and if someone is here listening and is experiencing that or has experienced that in the past or maybe is still experiencing it whether it's an identity crisis or questioning their worth because they don't have the same level of quote-unquote success they had in the past or something of that nature what would you say to them in order to just push them in the right direction or support them into recognizing that they are enough? Look, I think for a lot of people, it's about recognizing the voice. Mm-hmm. Whose voice are you hearing? Because it's not yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So without going too deep into it, is is it your teacher? Is it your dad? Is it your mum? Is it a, a, a bully? When in your life did you hear that you're not enough? And once you can recognise that voice, once you can be really honest with yourself about where that, where that voice is coming from or originating from, then you can really like work on healing from that. For someone who maybe has never asked themselves that question and has just recognised where it's come from, do you have any tips on how to move on to the next step of processing that as such? Mm. Yeah, look, I think I'm going to be a little bit biased here, but my suggestion would be to do it with someone to commence your journey, your healing journey with somebody, somebody that is qualified to hold you, to give you that space that you need, to remind you that you don't have to do this alone. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I do think that that holds such a big part. And um, it's interesting. What came up for me when you were saying that is a lot of the conversations that I'm having at the moment with people who are potentially thinking about investing into a mentor, whether it's with me or with someone completely different, is the unworthiness piece that's slipping in that is mm-hmm. the the reason why they want to do the thing. They want the support. They want to move through it, but it's also the reason they're choosing not to. And I'm curious how you go about that and how you might um, support someone through that process so that they can come out the other side and go, you know what, I am worthy enough to 
make the investment in self to support myself to feel even worthier. Mm. I would be saying to them, or I would get it, be getting them to reflect, what's it costing you now? Mm. Because everything has a cost. And yeah. the best investment that you can ever make is with yourself. Look, I, I think worthiness is a is a big thing. And it comes back to the fear of not being loved. It's all about love, right? So realizing that you're worthy of improving, you're worthy of healing, you're worthy of reaching, taking your life to the next level, it's not only going to help you. It's going to help the people in your circle, the people around you, the people that you can help if you are in a better mental space. So for people that struggle to feel like they're worthy of investing in themselves, I would say focus on the people that you're going to better because of this. Mm. If you can't do it for yourself, then do it for the people that need you to be better. That's great, yeah. That's um beautiful and interesting because a lot of the time we're more motivated to support other people, hey? when we can put it on someone else mm -hmm. that was an interesting reflection and it's it's true like whether you're a mother or a daughter or a partner or you're a mentor or a coach or your job requires you to hold space for people no matter any area of your life even if you just have a dog you know like there's someone there counting on you and if you can't see that you're also one of those people yet then yeah using that perspective of the people around you is such a beautiful opportunity yeah I love that Pam <laughs> yeah I um I'm curious then so your your background is in corporate world supporting with mental health as well with their children and adolescents and I'm assuming that range of, you've done a huge range because you did say children adolescents but also people like CEOs and uh, in the corporate world and you also mentioned that your uh, focus has been in um, the emotional well-being of children and adolescents. So what's the difference between the emotional well-being and then the, the mental well-being of an individual? Mm. Is there a difference? Good question, yeah. Um, look, at the easiest way to put it is mental is cognition. So the way that we're thinking, because the way we think is the way we feel, the way we feel is the way we behave, the way we, be, we behave are the outcomes that we have. An emotional state is more around uh, how are our, our emotions driving us? How are our impulses driving us? How is our lack of emotions impacting us so there is a big difference um, but they're still very much correlated yeah, because amazing. yeah so um yeah so mentally you want to think about what type of thoughts am i having and emotionally what type of emotions am i holding and how are they preventing me from moving forward the reason why I specialize in child and adolescent was because I realized once again that there was a gap. 
there was a gap between teaching children and adolescents to regulate their emotions versus being constantly told you're just difficult you're a difficult kid you're a you're a naughty kid mm -hmm. right the reality is your children sorry for anyone listening but your children are a reflection of how you are managing your emotions because children model behaviors I love that you put that in there because I know that there are people listening that maybe that could be challenging to hear um, and we're always doing the best we can do right with the resources and knowledge that we have let's also put that in there but it's true like the children are just trying to work out how to regulate their emotions they're trying to work out how to express how they're feeling and a lot of the time they're not trying to be the bad kid they're just trying to communicate something which they're unable to is that right in the mm -hmm. sense yeah yeah absolutely and just to add right because um I don't want to offend anyone but kids adolescents well mainly kids right kids tend to play up the most with the people they feel the safest with mm. right so a lot of parents listening I know that you're finding it difficult and I know that it is challenging but that is also a sign that your kid loves you the most <laughs> that's also nice to know <laughs> oh, that's really great perspective actually I am um... Yeah, I know that there'll be some people listening that will really appreciate recognizing that and understanding that. So yeah, thank you, Pam. That's awesome. Um, when it comes to children and adolescents and you're supporting them with their emotional well-being, is there a part of what you do that supports the parents, that supports the adults that are, because as you said, and as I know, like, uh, children just model behavior from the people that they're around the most, which is tends to be parents, right? So if you're supporting the children and yet there's the, there's, I don't want to say like an issue or problem, but the, the cause is potentially with their role model, whether it's a parent, guardian, teacher, whoever, how do you go about that, ele that element of the situation? Um, from the very beginning. The very beginning, when I have my initial assessment, mm -hmm. I include the parent, right? Okay. Because realistically speaking, if you're working with a child, you're working with the family. And if, and if the intervention isn't including the family, then it's going to be really hard for progress to be done. Mm -hmm. So I'm, again, holistic lens. When I work with a child or an adolescent, I'm firstly talking to the family. I want to hear from their family. What is it that they see is happening for this kid? Because most of the time, it can be so different to what's actually happening for them. I know a lot of kids, and, it, and it's really sad, a lot of kids will, you know, as young as 10 or 9, will say to me, 
I, I, I don't want to tell mom because I don't want to be a burden. Or I don't want to tell dad because I don't want to upset him. Mm. And that to me, it's like, okay, where did you learn that expressing your emotions was a burden? Where did you learn that expressing your emotions was going to harm mom and dad? Mm. And that then look, this is a this is um how do I say this? It's passed down, right? And and I like to do early intervention. And early intervention is how can we help a kid be a healthy adult in the future? Mm. How can we stop the the cycle of generational trauma? I'm all for this. <laughs> you're um yeah, you're really speaking into a lot of my values and a lot of the reason why I started the business that I run now and the reason for going down that path. So I just want to honor you for what you are doing and the support that you are gifting to the the children, but also their children and then their children because you're right, if you can get their and you can support someone at a young age that's then going to transform them into an incredible adult. Uh, it's it's you know, it's a ripple effect. You are essentially doing what you were saying earlier in the episode where you want to impact more people in the same time frame that you're doing and involving children is exactly that. Mm. Mm. That's so incredible. I um. I've loved this conversation and I feel like I could go all night. However, I want to leave with one question and I want to word it a little bit differently to how I usually would based off our conversation. And I'm curious if you could go back to your adolescent years and give yourself one piece of advice that you now know that you would have liked or needed support with then, what would that be? It would have been, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think my younger self, my high achiever self, thought that I had to be the best at everything and that I had to keep it together all the time and that I had to be perfect. Mm. And that I was, I was the only one that could know about the struggles that were going in my mind. So I would tell my younger self that you're not alone. There's people that you can talk to. You don't have to carry all the bricks by yourself. You're only a child. You're only an adolescent. That's great. That's beautiful. Mm, I'm going to leave that there. Thank you so much for this conversation, Pam. Like, oh, you've got me got me thinking about so many things and about all the things that I know I want to do in my life and I'm like no I have to stay focused <laughs> but I I really appreciate this and you have so much to give and so much knowledge to share so I would love to know where people can connect with you if they want to know more if they want to know more about what you can offer and just any uh, education and knowledge that you bring to your socials or uh, website or whatever like yeah where can people reach you yeah, so you can definitely follow my business, which is Beyond Purpose Therapy. 
And I've also opened up my personal Instagram, which is now called Thriving with Pam Aspen, mm-hmm. uh, because you know I want to I want to show people that you can have a business and you can have a personal life, and they can be combined. Mm-hmm. I love that. Amazing. Well, I'm sure they'll all jump over. That'll be in the show notes as well. And again, so grateful for this conversation. Thank you, Pam. And yeah, you're incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for anyone listening. I hope that you've gotten some value from today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode as much as we loved creating it, we'd love your support in helping us grow the show. The more you talk about this podcast, the more people who will know we exist and the more impact we'll be able to create, right? So if you could hit that follow button and share today's episode with a friend or on your socials so we can work together to help support each other to really step into that powerfully on purpose life that we all desire. Thank you again. Have an epic week and keep being you.